0: All right, time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Day before Thanksgiving. So on the day before Thanksgiving, you say something like, Thank God it's Wednesday? TGIW? Maybe I'm just overthinking it. Woo. <laughs> Woot! <laughs> oh man, we got some good stuff. We got listener email today. Got some responses regarding yesterday's program on baptism. Oh, boy. we got a brand new Marty Python's uh, circus church today. In fact, I, I'm so excited about this one, it's ridiculous. We got we almost have to play that, like, up front. That's the best way I can put it. Um, the, the latest Marty Python circus church takes Rob Bell's Lectio Divina concepts, which really aren't even his own. Uh, Lectio Divina was developed by mystic monastics, you know, back in the Dark Ages. And it's supposed to, you know, it, it's not about really learning what God's word says. It's about using God's word as a means to an end. You know, you basically randomly pick a passage from the scripture and you let God's word shape you. You know, that, that's the idea. In fact, uh, one of these contemplative guys, his name is, uh, is Boa. Uh, he's got a book called The Trinity, A Journal and in there he explains the lectio divina as really having four parts and you know i'm going to give you these four parts just because it you know it involves latin phrases that make me sound smart it's, it's, it's you know i could fool everybody with this um so the lectio divina you know, it supposedly is is the latin for holy reading okay and it's and it's broken up into four parts the lectio the meditatio the orat uh, the orat and Ora. I'm, I'm not sounding smart anymore Horatio and the uh, Contemplatio, okay? So, basically, listen to this. Boa, who is a a contemplative guy, he writes, Since Lectio Divina engages the whole person, your bodily posture is important. A seated position that is erect but not tense or slouched is best. And, And so, remember that unlike ordinary reading, in Lectio Divina, you are seeking to be shaped by the Word more than informed by the Word. So, you know, in, in Rob Bell's version, you know, what you do is you randomly pick a passage, and, and, then, and then you read it slowly and let words kind of pop out at you. And that's the second part of it, the, the meditatio. Uh, meditation is a spiritual work of holy desire and an interior invitation for the Spirit to pray and speak within us. Meditation will do you little good if you try to control the outcome. So... <laughs> What's funny is, is that I actually put a uh, an exhibit up at the Museum of Idolatry today on Rob Bell's promotion of the Lectio Divina. And what's funny is I'm getting shot at by emergence and evangelicals. And the, the gist of it is is that they really think that this is, oh, Rosebro, the, the curator of the museum is, is against biblical meditation. And so they're throwing, you know, they're sending me links to where I can go to Bible Gateway and, and, and I can read all of the different passages that have the word meditation in it. The problem is is that this isn't meditation. This is mysticism.
1: Sounds like cruise control.
0: Yeah, cru- exactly. With,
1: without the steering part. Yeah.
0: We're, we're going to read God's word without using our minds. You know, so uh, today we uh, in the studio, we finished up a Marty Python circus church dealing with the Lectio Divina. And so what you're going to hear here, 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 is um is, you know, is you're going to hear literally the, the very real words from Rob Bell's uh, promotion of the Lectio Divina. And you're going to hear somebody, you know, uh, some some British, you know, older woman, you know, who's attempting to experience Lectio Divina for herself. So without any further ado, here's the latest addition to Marty Python's Circus Church, and this one's simply called Rob Bell's Lectio Divina. It's...
2: Marty Python's Flying Circus Church!
0: I got had had it set to go off automatically there. I got to watch my software. So there you have it. That's the latest from Marty Python and uh, the Flying Circus Church uh on the Lectio Divina. You know, if you're supposed to pick a passage randomly, I think somebody should come up with Lectio Divina tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. You know, what's funny is is that in the Museum of Idolatry, I actually have um uh, playing cards that have Bible verses on them. They're perfect for playing poker during small group studies. And, yeah. uh, and so maybe what you can do is you can get a pack of cards like that and, you know, just randomly pick a card and that way you can do your Lectio Divina that way. Just You know, because the purpose is not really for you to be informed what scripture says and to be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word Instead, it's to just use some random verse to apparently open yourself up to the Holy Spirit's guidance so that you can experience God's presence. Feelings? Feelings. There we go again. (laughs) Nothing more than feelings. So, here's the problem, okay? And I, I think it's absolutely arrogant. Arrogant that anybody would think that just because they've come up with some kind of a method that they can somehow think that God has to honor their method by showing up and giving him them his presence. I mean, God has promised us his presence in particular ways. Okay? But that's n- there's nothing promised in God's word regarding lectio divina. Yeah. <clears throat> Two or more gathered in my name, I'm there. This is my body, this is my blood. You know, things like that. Word and sacrament, um, gathering in the the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, God promises to be present with such things, but he doesn't promise his presence in this stuff. You know, maybe I'm just being too narrow. Anyway, so, anyway, I'm very proud of this new uh, Marty Python's Flying Circus Church. Um... Somebody sent me this uh email with a with a graphic attached to it that basically has the five points of arminianism. You've heard of five point calvinism? Well, apparently there's a cartoonist out there uh, who's a calvinist who's come up with the five points of arminianism. And uh you know calvinists their uh, their their five points of calvinism come down to tulip, right? You know that those the total depravity uh you know, you don't you don't talk. I've never seen this. No. You've never seen Tulip? No. Oh man! Okay, hang on a second here. I'm gonna mess this up if I don't have it in front of me. Calvinist tulip. Here's the deal. I'm not a Calvinist, so I, I'm not. You know, I can't do. Here we go. Total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, also known as particular as particular atonement, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints. Now I'm a, as a Lutheran. I'm like a two and a half point Calvinist, so I'm kind of a half pointer on 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 the uh, L for limited atonement. That's not exactly how we look at it. So, um, so so the the Calvinists have the, their tulip, and uh, this cartoonist who's a Calvinist came up with the five points of Arminianism, and it comes out to Daisy. Okay, the D stands for Dude. You mean I get to choose God? Um, a anyone who says yes to Jesus can go to heaven. I I'm okay, you're okay cuz Jesus died for everyone. Uh s so if I just repeat this magic prayer, I'm in. I'm in. And why you better make sure you keep doing good or you're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's definitely Armenians in the Nazarene religion.
1: Sounds like Santa Claus's list.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, so – okay, baptism. We've got some baptism questions that have come filtering in here. Uh, Stephen writes, he says, uh, hello, Dr. Rosenberger. I'm not a doctor. Anyway, he says – But you are a Rosenberger. Yeah, okay. Hope that you will catch this email before you actually get off the program talking about baptism. No, I didn't. He says, my question is, what do Southern Baptists believe about baptism? I mean, I have been baptized before, but right now I know – that the pastor I was baptized as a believer under him but the pastor I know now is not a biblically based I wonder if you will uh, do listener email ever again Hmm. here h u m f so the answer to the question is what do uh, what do baptists or southern baptists uh, believe regarding baptism uh, real simple go to uh, there's if you go do a google search for the baptist faith and message otherwise known as the BFM in inner circles within the Southern Baptist Church, they actually have a document called the Baptist Faith and Message where they define what they believe baptism is. And this will, we'll talk a little bit about this compared to what we talked about with uh, Pastor Wolfmuller yesterday on yesterday's program. Uh, the Baptist Faith and Message. So according to the Southern Baptists, this is what they say baptism is. Christian baptism is the immersion of a believer in water in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is an act of obedience symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior, the believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, the resurrection to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. It is a testimony to his faith in the final resurrection of the dead, and being a church ordinance, it is a prerequisite to the privileges of church membership and to the Lord's Supper. So what do Baptists believe regarding baptism? There it is in the Baptist faith and message right there, and we just read it. Uh, Important words here... um, is the immersion of a believer it's so they only believe in baptism for believers in the name of the father son and holy spirit is an act of obedience and it's symbolic okay now we went through the passages yesterday and showed that baptism is gospel it's not law when you turn it into something you have to do you turn it into something that's law it's not it's not it's you know and it's an ordinance it's um and it's all symbol you know
1: do you have to uh, be full immersed in anybody's church, or just a Baptist church to become a Baptist?
0: No, I think I th- no. I'm pretty convinced that the Baptists will allow uh, a baptism in another denomination as long as it's full immersion and believer's baptism. Um, that they think that that's valid, and they'll and they'll accept it, which is really weird because it's a valid symbolic baptism. Think about it. Think, when as soon as you put the words together, it does the sentences kind of fall apart? But uh, so, again, if you have questions about this, I reject this position based upon the Scripture. clear teaching of Scripture it says that it our sins are remitted. Our sins are washed away. We're buried with Christ. We're raised with Christ. Our hearts are circumcised by Christ. We put Christ on literally as clothing. You know, all of these great promises associated with baptism. Oh, and by the way, 1 Peter 3, baptism now saves you. And so here's these amazing things. It's all gospel. It's not law. When you turn it into man's work, you turn it into law. And these people have turned it into an act of obedience. It's, it's, it's a symbolic act of obedience, you know. So my question is, if it's a symbolic act of obedience, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, one more on baptism. Here we go. Ashley writes regarding baptism. Hey, Chris, why do you believe that baptism forgives sins and regenerates people? Well, because that's what the scriptures say. <laughs> if you don't believe me go back and listen to yesterday's show okay if you have a problem with what the bible says then it's here's i believe the scriptures okay we went through the clear passages yesterday that says that it saves that it that in our in our baptisms our sins are forgiven they're washed away and all that kind of stuff so the answer to the first question is why do you believe the baptism forgives because the bible says so
1: and that wasn't your opinion until your twenties,
0: right? I completely rejected that until yeah, my, about my mid twenties. You know, that was uh, man, tough to tough to make the turn on that one. I had to bend the knee to scripture. I just had to, you know, I didn't, I couldn't get around it anymore, which is always really frustrating for me because you know I I want to be right all the time. <clears throat> all right, so that okay? She says okay. She says that would mean that you believe that performing a ritual saves or helps people. Okay, again, she's turning it from gospel to law. Okay, no, I don't believe a, quote, ritual saves people. What I do believe is that God's promises are true in Scripture. God has said that baptism saves, that our sins are forgiven in it, that we're buried with Christ, we're raised with Christ, we're clothed with Christ, our hearts are circumcised by Christ through baptism. So it's God's work. Baptism is God's work. And how do I know it does all these things? Because God said so in his word. OK, so no, you, you, by making it, turning it into a, some kind of a ritual, you're making it sound like it's some kind of a man-made institution. It's a man-made ritual. No, it's not. It's Christ ordained, as, as Pastor Wolfmüller pointed out yesterday in the, in the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Christ himself commands us to baptize, and then Christ tells us in, in other passages within his word what baptism does. Sorry if believing what you know believing Christ and believing the Holy Spirit and believing what the word says somehow that that would turn it into work it isn't the baptism is all gospel it's not law
1: and it's a sacrament
0: yeah it's a sacrament that that's that's earthly matter combined with the word of god and the promises of god okay what makes it true Christ and his word cuz he's the one who's who's he's the one who's instituted it Anyways, she says that that would defeat the gospel of Jesus. No, it doesn't defeat it because Christ told us to go and make disciples and baptize. So it doesn't defeat the gospel. It's one of the ways in which the gospel works. So anyways, (sighs) she she continues. He says, uh, as for infant baptism, what's the point of it? The babies are babies. Well, the point of it is, is that uh, baptism is for all sinners. You know, I, in fact, D- Daniel writes. He says this. I just tuned in about five minutes ago. That was yesterday. He says I can only guess that you've talked about children and baptism. You'll see. See, we had all the hallmarks of a of a infant baptism show going on, right? It says as a for, a former pastor of mine wisely pointed out that when talking about infant baptism, we must avoid the straw man arguments and keep two questions in mind: What does the Bible promise the sinner in baptism? And are infants sinners who need what baptism provides? So this is wise and sage advice from Daniel in his email. Absolutely. So the, the question is, what does Bi- the Bible promise the sinner in baptism? Again, listen to yesterday's show. We went through all of the passages. Our sins are remitted. They're washed away. We're buried with Christ. We're raised with Christ. We put Christ on. We are, our hearts are circumcised by Christ. And as 1 Peter 3 says, baptism now saves So that's what scripture says baptism does. I know that that uh, I understand the difficulty that people would have in hearing all this because they've been told by people that they trust in the faith that baptism is something that they do in order to let the world know that they've made a decision for Jesus. Yet the scriptures nowhere teach that. They teach far better things than that. And so if that's all the things that baptism does and that's you know, it, it washes away sins and stuff like that. Infants are sinners. In- infants are sinners, and this is not the best of arguments, but the reality is, is that uh, infant baptism has been practiced through the majority of Christian history. It's only recent in America that it's be- it's fallen from grace, so to speak. You know? So... <clears throat> in fact, I would say the church was far stronger through the, through the centuries when people were practicing infant baptism than the way they've gone with the seeker-sensitive approach. <clears throat> anyway, so... Uh, Ashley, appreciate the email and the questions, but the reality is, you need to go back and you need to listen to yesterday's program. You need to go back and read your Bible. Either God's Word is telling us what baptism is doing, or it's you know if then if if it's not really telling us what it does, I don't know where else we would find the information about.
1: Is Pastor Wolfman's link up?
0: Uh, yes, it is. So there we go. All right. Now Nathan sent me a follow-up email. If you remember Nathan. Nathan in Australia, he sent me an email, and he he worked in a Christian bookstore, and he was having a crisis of conscience. You know, what should he do? And so I, uh, you know, in in reading his email, because he was having a tough time, he, he, he was having a crisis of conscience and feeling that uh, because he was working in a Christian bookstore and because there was so much garbage that was being pushed out of this Christian bookstore in Australia— that he was somehow contributing to the spiritual downfall of the people that were coming in as customers to the uh, to his store, and so he wanted my advice. Read for him Romans chapter fourteen, and basically the kicker at the end of that is, is that, you know, we have freedom to do these things, with the exception of you can't do something that that um, you can't do in faith, in good conscience. In fact, you know, if you can't do something in faith, then it's sin. You know, so there's 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 where there is no clear law from God. You can practice something without sinning, literally, you know, with the condition that you don't cause your brother to stumble stumble, or you're not acting contrary to faith. For instance, I don't know if you know this, but the the Bible has as much to say about smoking as it does about unicorns, okay? (laughs) In fact, if you want to know what the Bible says about unicorns, get out a good computerized Bible and type in the word unicorn. It's not going to show up. So, you know, where, does the Christian have the freedom to smoke? Well, there's no law prohibiting it, okay? So that falls under the category of Christian liberty. Now, if you if if you decide that you're going to take up, you know, cigar smoking, which is a very holy thing, um, you know, if you're going to take up cigar smoking, it, but you can't, if, if in so doing, you're, um, you're not able to do it in a good conscience, even though there's no law that specifically forbids it, but you always feel icky afterwards that you've done something wrong. Then really, you're doing something wrong, okay? In that situation, you've got to you got to take a step back and say, no, no, this is not this is not right, okay? But it's not right for you. Other people may be able to do it, and without a, without any pangs of conscience. But what we don't have the freedom to do is, you know, where somebody is, you know, struggling with something like that. Practice our liberty in such a way that it destroys their faith. You know, so you know, I can give examples of that in my own life, but <clears throat> this isn't confession time. Anyway, so Nathan, in talking about his particular dilemma in uh, in this working for this Christian bookstore, he says, "Hi, Chris." He says, "Thank you for responding to my email on your show and for your helpful advice." Now, being from Australia, I bet he has a really cool accent too. But I can't really do his cool accent because I can, i don't have an Australian accent. It's not nowhere in my bag of tricks do I have that one. You know, about the best I can get is like G'day, day, mate," and that's it. <laughs> He says, so he continues, he says, Romans 14 is about, is one of my favorite passages as it provides clear biblical proof that vegetarians are weak. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He says, more importantly, though, after I sent you my first email, I discovered that at my workplace, we stocked the books of none other than everyone's favorite stoner, John Crowder of the toking the Holy Ghost Fame. Oh my goodness. I decided that, th- that surely this would be something that is so utterly and obviously heretical that if I contacted my higher-ups, they would recognize immediately that there is nothing even remotely Christian about John Crowder or his ministry and that they would remove his books from the shelves. So... I fired off an email to the relevant person at the Sydney office. The store that I work at is part of a national chain there in Australia. And he says, this person then forwarded my email onto the chain's owner and the managing director. Today, I got an email back saying that after some consideration, they will continue to stock his books. They just won't advertise them. You know, that, wouldn't that be kind of like the equivalent of, like, you know, offering cocaine in the back office, but just not advertising it? You know, it's it's like an illicit drug. Oh, my goodness. He says, after prayerful consideration, I'm going to hand in my resignation tomorrow. Now, based upon the fact that I got this this morning, and we got the whole international dateline thing going on with, you know, you know, so if that he he probably did this two days ago. <laughs> Well, it, 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 okay. So in Australia right now today it's Wednesday. It's probably Thursday. You know.
1: So, so did he already hear your show?
0: He, yeah. In fact, he's probably already listening to me on the rerun on the podcast. <laughs> Is that how that works? I, I'm confused. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> sorry. You know that international dateline thing always confuses me because you know once you cross it, you go into the. Yeah, it, the, the day changes completely. But I mean, you have to have a dateline somewhere because the earth is round. Why am I talking about this? Why? Because thank God it's Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> anyway, he says, so I, I'm going to hand in my resignation tomorrow. If Joel Osteen and Rick Warren are whoring the gospel, that's what he said, whoring, and that's the thing, that I feel like a pimp and I've had enough. Good strong feelings. I will keep working there until after the holiday season and then go and find work somewhere that my conscience will allow. Thanks again for your advice. advice. Nathan, I commend you, you know, and we will keep you in our prayers too, you know. And may your last days in that uh, bookstore be filled with opportunities to preach Christ and him crucified or point people to resources where they will hear the truth instead of these lies. I can't believe that any Christian bookstore that calls itself a Christian bookstore would carry anything from John Crowder. I mean, have we gotten to that point where there's no – there's such a complete lack of biblical discernment that not even a Christian bookstore can stand for the truth? (sighs) There it is. So, all right. We're going to take our first break. And when we get back, we (laughs) – We're going to do a, we're going to take a look at a resource that's made available by Simply Youth, which is a, they're the people who brought us the High School Musical 3 Bible Study. The the folks there at Saddleback Church, they've got a brand new Bible study for girls. And uh, let me, let me find the name of this because uh, the name of this brand new youth uh, work, you know, workbook or whatever, it's supposedly a Bible study. It's called You're Designed to Shine. You're designed to shine, and it's it's a Bible study for girls from 8 to 88, okay? An inspirational Bible study from for girls from 8 to 88. Well, we're going to look at some of the content of this particular thing. We'll talk a little bit about Rob Bell, and then I got some Patricia King, you know, to kind of round things off today. Because why? It's the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, we will be right back. If you would like to email me regarding anything that you've heard today so far, you can do so at talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. That's talkback at com, and we will be right back.
2: Python's flying circus church.
3: My name is Rex, and if you study with my eight-week program, you will learn a self-feeder system that I developed over two seasons of preaching in the octagon. It's called Rex Kwon Do. I need a volunteer to come up here and show that they trust me. Um, here. Okay, you'll do. Come up here. Bow to your pastor. Bow to your pastor. Okay, now I'm gonna give you one chance. One chance, people. Turn around. Turn around. All right. Now fall back and I'll catch you. Ow. That was pretty good. Now, listen, everybody. The reason why he fell was because he didn't have enough faith. Go sit down. Okay, when I fall, I fall in slow motion every time. Now, in addition to what you just saw, if you study with my eight-week program, you're gonna learn these things. First off... In Rexquando, we use the buddy system. No more reading the Bible solo. You need somebody watching your back at all times. Second off, you're going to learn to discipline your image. You think I got where I am today because I dress like Peter Pan here? Take a look at what I'm wearing, people. Bible pants. Yeah, you have to be pretty righteous to rock these babies. Do You think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? Forget about it. Last off. My students will learn how to walk on water, heal babies, raise the dead, and be extreme. Now for only one $300 seat offering, you can sign up right now for my eight-week program here at Guts Church.
5: Hi, I'm Patrick Kyle, a founding partner of New Reformation Press. Just as the first Reformation rediscovered, reclaimed, and restated timeless truths from the Word of God, The mission of New Reformation Press is to reintroduce these truths to the contemporary church and culture. All of our resources are hand-picked to ensure that you have the best available biblical and doctrinal materials at your fingertips to help you grasp the treasures of the Reformation and deepen your own understanding of Christ and His work on your behalf. Browse our website at newreformationpress.com. We offer books, CDs, downloadable MP3s, and our very own line of Reformation-themed clothing. Check out the audio presentation, Bible in an Hour, Absolutely the finest overview of the scriptures that the staff at New Reformation Press has ever heard. Also, Dr. Rod Rosenblatt's presentation, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church. A stunning 200-proof presentation of the gospel for those who have been hurt by the church and discouraged as a result of false teaching. Available exclusively through NewReformationPress.com. Again, that's NewReformationPress.com.
0: All right, you're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough, and I am your servant in Christ. My job, my job is to dish up a daily dose of biblical discernment. Just as a warning, um, warning, listening to this program could cause you to, um, not be happy with your church. Just a possibility. <gasps> Just want to let you know that. So uh, be careful. And here's the deal. I don't know. I don't claim to always be right. You know, in fact, <clears throat> I've, there's been a few times when I've been just off. No. It's true. No. <laughs> so, you know, if you hear something that you go, whoa, wait a second. You know, Rosenberger's got it wrong. <laughs> or Flower Burger or whatever created.
1: Burger uh, R- Bar- Barger? Rosenberger.
0: Yeah. Is that, is that how uh, Clouseau would say it? you know with the new the, the new by the way the new pink panther's not nearly as good as the old ones i i agree yeah got to admit you know although i like steve martin i just not all that thrilled about him as inspector clouseau but you know being a i like comedy i'll, I'll end up watching them all anyway so <clears throat> what's it matter <laughs> anyway um just a reminder folks pirate christian radio this is the network that uh, fighting for the faith broadcasts on We are a listener-supported radio network. If you want to support Fighting for the Faith, and believe me when I tell you, we really would like you to support us, to help us out, help us pay our bills. Um, In fact, your financial support is needed for the continuation and expansion of our radio outreach. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by sending in your gift to Pirate Christian Radio, Post Office Box 791, San Juan Capistrano, California, Nine two six nine three. Just want to let you know, get that out there. Okay, so here we go. Um, We're going to take a look at one of the latest things from Simply Youth Ministry, and the name of it is "You're Designed to Shine." It's a it's a it builds itself as an inspirational Bible study for girls ages eight to eighty eight. And you know, here's the deal when when I think of a Bible study, a Bible study actually involves reading the Bible. Just just a simple thing here um I don't consider something to be a Bible study if, if it just sprinkles things with a little bit of Bible okay if you're gonna do a bible study the purpose is to understand what the Bible teaches what Christ you know in the you know, what, what Christ has done for us it's it's really designed to show us the mind of God in God's word as he's revealed himself in his word okay so a Bible study at the end of the day you should come away with. A far better understanding, a far better appreciation for God, your sinfulness, and and what Christ has done for you on the cross. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to, okay? And if if you're doing a Bible study and you haven't really learned what God's Word really teaches and says, then um, not to be narrow and judgmental, but you haven't really had a Bible study. Just... Some, some, uh, you, you, for instance, if I were to say, come and we're going to have a Bible study. We're going to learn about the importance of uh, of the life lessons of Horton Here's a Who. Have we done a Bible study?
1: No, no. you a, a Dr. Seuss study.
0: You done, right, you've done a Dr. Seuss study. Okay, so if you're going to do a Bible study, it actually involves opening up a Bible and and reading passages in context and actually learning what it says just a little point okay so the name of this bible study is you're designed to shine let me read to you from the simply youth ministry website what this particular bible study is about he says um okay um the well this is the student journal here a companion to the your design to shine leaders guide these journals help girls participate fully and easily in the your design to shine program the journals are 40 beautiful pages and encourage creative response girls can write color glue and discover how god can help them shine brightly um there are even full page there's even a full page with beached themed stickers just for girls ages 8 to 88, your design to shine is a six-week interactive journaling curriculum that motivates girls to make wise choices in relationships. This resource is created for teen girls, but not, is created for teen girls, but women of all ages will want to join these encouraging fun sessions. All the life lessons are drawn from a day at the beach combining thought-provoking reflection with big toes in the sand fun that draws participants closer to Jesus. Purchase a leader's guide for you and a journal for each girl. Uh, Six sessions encourage girls to, one, explore the dreams you have for your life. Two, discover the unique ways your star shines. Two, travel travel with a supportive pod of friends. Uh, Apparently girls travel in pods now. Um. Okay, that's what it says. It says pot of friends. Uh, four, recognize pearls. Those are mentors for your journey. Uh, five, learn to exchange gift with your, gifts with your designer, Jesus. And uh, six, ride the wave of God's dream for your life. This, uh, this study includes generous amounts of affirmation. Build positive self-images as girls learn to focus on what's right with them instead of what's wrong. Uh, enduring impact, enduring impact, sure to positively influence life decisions for years to come. They'll be inspired to shine for Jesus, choose their friends wisely, celebrate their uniqueness, and know that they're full of potential. Each of us, each ease of use, great for high school girls uh, to lead in small groups or large, and a bonus, uh, bonus ideas and plans for a one-day retreat. So that's all it Something's wrong with this. Okay. Are we hearing about sin, need for a savior? Anything like that? I mean, if you're going to sit there and you're going to build positive self-image, what what is a positive self-image? John, do you have one?
1: No. I guess. You do? I, I hope.
0: Don, what's a positive self-image? When you feel good about yourself. When you feel good about yourself. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, so Jesus came so that we can have positive self-images. Is that really what it's about?
6: No. No.
0: Okay, so on their website, you can actually download samples from the um, Designed to Shine girls' Bible study. (laughs) Let me read from some of this. Okay, so session one is called My Dream. My Dream. My That's what it's called, My Dream. Already, I, I think the focus is wrong. How is this a Bible study if we're going to focus in on my dream?
1: Uh, I, I don't see it as a Bible study.
0: You're just being narrow and judgmental. You know that, John. There will be people who will be sending you emails to let you know how narrow and judgmental you are.
1: Therapy session.
0: Therapy, maybe. Okay, so here we go. Um, so, we're, so let me read to you. There's quotes from the first page of this quote Bible study, and then we got one, two. We got two verses— that are listed in on this page but we've got one two three quotes from just generic girls i i kid you not so here we go quote number one this is from the bible from ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 now all glory to god who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more that we might ask or think is, is that even a complete thought Am I really learning what God's word teaches just by getting this fortune cookie version of a Bible verse? Are we about young girls? Yeah, these are, it's actually girls eight to
6: 88.
0: Eight to eighty-eight. Yeah. Any, any girls they're designed to shine and it's all be a beach theme. You missed that part. All right. So we, oh, okay. Okay. All right. So we got, we got one fortune cookie Bible verse, which is Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Uh, but then we've got Allie, who's a uh, a pearl girl from California. Okay, we got a quote from her. Here's what Allie says, and Allie's words are just as important for my dream as um, apparently this Bible verse was. Uh, you are God's, you are God's wonderfully made, loved beyond measure, daughter. No one can replace you. Go to Him to fulfill the desires of your heart, and He will help your dreams come true. Does does it,
1: So, God grants wishes?
0: Yeah, Yeah, right. Genie God. Yeah. Okay, so we got... So, so you're God's daughter and no one can replace you. Go to him to fulfill the desires of your heart. Dear God, I want a Mercedes Benz. Your wish is my command. Dear God, I would like perfectly beautiful nails. Voila. You have the desires of your heart. So... So the focus here, is, session one, is my dream, and so now we've got this fortune cookie verse, Ephesians chapter 320, which is quoted, but then Allie, who's a pearl girl from California. What's a pearl girl? I have no I idea. Is, is that like a Breck girl? Uh, you have no idea. No, okay. I have no idea. I've never even heard that. Okay, so we continue. So Christina, who is Christina Demari, it doesn't tell us who she's from, but she, her, her, she's quoted here. She says a hero is someone who looks up Long enough to know that there's a better way to go. What did Confucius write that? No, I'm sorry, that was Christina Demari. But Christina Demari, her quote is right. You know, is on the same page. You know, as Ephesians 3:20 and as Allie the Pearl Girls quote. But here we got Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 11 through 13. We've talked about this one before. Taken way out of context, by the way. This passage is not this was funny is that this verse go read it in context what are the three most important things when you're reading the bible context context and context mm-hmm. so well, you don't want to read verses per se you know you want to make sure you get things in context um so jeremiah chapter 29 says for i know the plans i have for you says the lord they are plans for good not for disaster to give you a future and a hope in those days when you pray i will listen if you look for me wholeheartedly you will find me. Uh, folks, context again. I've, I've, I know I've done this verse, but I've got to do it again just because. Jeremiah chapter 29. <clears throat> when you... um, Jeremiah uh, 29. There we go. When you do this in context, um, you realize that this verse, even though it's it's really life-affirming, it wasn't written to you. Okay, here, here here it is. Jeremiah chapter 29, starting in verse 1. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother the and the eunuchs, uh, the officials of Judah and the Jerusalem, the craftsmen, the metal workers had departed from Jerusalem the letter was sent by the hand of Elash, the son of Shaphan. Uh, moving on. So you, you, who's this written to? Was this written specifically to you? Mm-mm. Was this written to any of these pearl girls or the girls who are about who are having this Bible study about their dreams? Oh,
6: but you can find point- different verses in
0: the Bible, yeah. they say the same thing with this were they quoting Jeremiah here I though know, but that's
6: what I'm saying you can pick anything out of the Bible and make it sound positive yeah like you can pick any,
0: that's before. that's the problem that you can take anything out of the Bible make it sound positive but if you don't read it in context are you really learning what God's word says Absolutely not. no way all right so anyway so this wasn't written to just generic people this was written to a specific group of people so if you happen to be old enough to ha- have been around at the time of the the you know the exiles returning from Babylon to Jerusalem, at the time that Jeremiah the prophet was alive, then this was actually written specifically to you. Okay, if you're not that old and don't happen to fit under that, now generally it does tell us something about what God, how God feels, and God how God tre- takes care of His own. But this promise wasn't specifically for you, and it's not about. Your dreams, which is the headline at the top of the page here in the um, You're Designed to Shine Bible study. I don't understand it. That's directed towards women. I'm a woman and I still don't understand it. You're a woman and you don't get it? No. Maybe you don't have enough estrogen going on there. Uh, you've, been, you've been hanging out with the guys too long, Dawn. I'm sure. okay. All right. So we continue. Okay. So um, then we've got a quote from Vanessa, Vanessa, who is also a pearl girl from South Africa. So we got a pearl girl from California and one from South Africa. Vanessa, here's her her her, her's her very relevant quote: "Each of us is unique, and each of us experiences God in a different way. The art of living is to catch the wave that God wants us to ride, and then ride it passionately, like only you can. He has a special plan for your life, a dream that only that he only dreams for you. So why are we reading these?" these pearl girls as if what they're saying is even remotely close to what God's word teaches. Folks, can you show me a passage of scripture that God dreams big dreams for you? I'm serious. I mean, this is this is common purpose-driven uh, teaching, okay? All right, so that's the My Dream page from the Design to Shine Bible study. The next section is called Create Your Life, Create your life. Nice little beach theme. You got waves going on there. So <clears throat> so here's how you're going to create your life. After answering the questions in the reflection section, what is one uh, dream you have for your life right now? Write it in the sand in this picture and place a starfish sticker from the stickers page beside your dream. Okay, so on this create your life page, what you're going to do is you write down your dream for your life in the sand and put a starfish sticker next to it because this is creative and girly, right? Because girls like stickers. But here's the reflection. um, section here and remember this is supposed to be a bible study okay so we're going to do some reflection folks so let's reflect here are the reflection questions from the reflections page of the first session of the design to shine bible study put out by saddleback church under the my dream category reflections what's one thing you'd really like to do in your lifetime is this like the bucket list a what's a pearl girl a
6: elegant responsible leaders it's
0: empowering girls throughout the world it's, it's an organization a pearl girl it's an organization it's, 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 it's positive it's,
6: elegant and responsible
0: leaders okay we can we've now found out what a pearl girl is it's positive elegant and responsible leaders and it's the abbreviations make up pearl okay and they make up the uh, and there's a whole try to be a pearl girl a website okay that so you being a guy that would have completely evaded my I didn't even attention all right, so just Google Pearl Girl, and you can figure out what a Pearl Girl is. So back to the reflections. Here we go. So this is from the Saddleback Bible study, and these are reflections. What's one thing you'd like to do in your lifetime? So just only one thing, or can you make like a whole bucket list?
1: Supreme Court justice. You want, to be, you
0: want to be Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Are you even an attorney? No, no. You want to be what? A comedian. You want to be a stand-up comedian.
1: So I can write that in there, and I claim it so it, it I, can, looks, I can show up you, on monday
0: remember this is under the section of create your life oh. so okay I can improv, yeah you can go to the improv whatever so you so okay so you want to be i want i want to be thin okay so <laughs> why are you laughing at me okay where is the one place that you'd like to you'd really like to visit italy okay don italy
1: costa rica costa
0: rica okay um i'd really like to uh i'd really like to go to great britain I really i I have not been over the over the pond yet into Europe. Can you believe that? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's true. Okay. okay, so okay, so we've we've got, we've got two of the reflections down. How old do you have to be to have a dream? Explain your answer. Well, I started dreaming when I was just a kid. I mean, yeah. And explain your answer. So you, you so how old do you have to be to have a dream? I think it's talking about like some kind of a life dream. I guess you can have them pretty young and. Okay, so we'll just say young, and we'll just say just because. Okay. All right, now when you were younger, what did uh, what did your dream about doing or being? Remember, folks, this is a Bible study. <laughs> okay, do you feel like you're you're growing in your understanding of God's word here.
1: No, no.
0: Okay, you're being negative again. You know, you, what's with this narrow thing? I mean, why can't you answer these reflection questions and feel like you're understanding God's word better? Well, what is it? What we wanted to be yeah but you don't understand saddleback church put this out so this I mean, has at to be two christian years old, I to be a ballerina. Okay I so at 2 I years old, old you want to be a ballerina and at 5 I probably wanted to be a princess Okay a so man, then you I went, just, went to, from ballerina to princess then what did you want to be And then I wanted Disney to be a villainous? Cowgirl. No I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah Disney villainous. okay Girl Okay okay, you, okay. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Okay, so all right, so here we go. We got the things to do. Okay, next reflection question under the section called "Create Your Life." Um, Okay, Uh, if you could be anyone, who would you be? Angelina
6: Jolie,
0: Harry Houdini. You be Harry Houdini. You be Angelina Jolie. I have I'd like to be me. I just. Why would I want to be someone else? It's just hard enough being who I am. Well, you just told us to answer the questions in. I I Get just I'm giving it. you my answer. We're, oh, this is a small group Bible study here. There are no right answers or wrong answers. Just share with the group. Okay. 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 Now, if you can create an ideal family, what would it look like? The Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm pretty happy with my family. If you could work your dream job, what would you do and where? Well, I would be a uh, radio. You would work for Pirate Christian Radio. I would work for Pirate Christian Radio and have my own radio program.
1: Second base for the Dodgers.
0: Second base for the Dodgers. Okay, there we go. Still comedian. Name three qualities about yourself that make you unique. <laughs> All right, moving along. That was a yeah. tough yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. I'm, I'm getting puzzled looks here. Head. Okay. <laughs> what do you like to do when you with your free time you like to ride motorcycles i like to dumpster dive for jesus what do you do
1: watch espn you watch
0: espn okay now if you could do one thing to shine for girls coming up on the road behind you what would you do now that's i i don't (laughs) shine i don't shine shine for girls okay so okay so okay my here's my question um what did you learn about God's word through these reflection questions? Zero. Zero? You thought we were, we were talking—this is this is a Bible study.
6: Sometimes I forget we're on the air and we're sitting right— at Yeah, the table <laughs> yeah just to... remember that. Remember that. We're, ta- yeah. we're on the air. We're on the air. Okay. I, I just thought we were having a conversation. <laughs> well, so
0: these are actual reflection questions from a Bible study p- produced and published by Saddleback Church for women ages 8 to 88. Well,
6: there's— they say 8 to 88. There's so many different phases of a woman's life that going from twenty to thirties to forties perspective <sighs> that, is different. So how can saddleback lump us into just I, as we're
0: female? I, I well, I don't know. I'm just telling you this, this is this is this is one of their new resources. I'm reviewing it on the on the area. I
6: guarantee they don't lump saddleback men from eighteen to eighty or eight to eighty eight. Why is it just as rare? I you know
0: what you could you can easily lump men into just one category. We're all yeah. pretty much but one. Women we're more you complicated. Know. You Yeah, right. That. Women are very complicated. Guys yeah. are pretty easy. You know. Food Sleep TV food. You're good. exactly yeah. food sleep tv you're good. we're we're good yeah, yeah. so okay so uh, all right just re- I'm reviewing this you know we've we've read two verses out of context fortune cookie style um, we've done the create your life section we've reflected on all of these questions and my question is have you learned anything about god's word yet no no, no. okay all right all right now this is the express yourself page okay <laughs> who, who is this about
1: uh, pretty much yourself
0: yeah, pretty much yourself that 's the problem isn 't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, okay, express yourself on the following page. Illustrate your one big dream with art, pictures, words, stickers, quotes, sand, ribbon, paper fabric fabric, or anything else that will help you see what your big dream looks like who 's this about? Yourself. You yourself, yes. yeah. um, okay? We got it. Since this is a Bible study, here we've got a verse. Okay, you may want to use this verse in your expression. The Lord says, "I will guide you along the best pathway for your life, and I will advise you and watch over you," which is Psalm thirty-two, verse eight. On, Completely taken. you know
7: what? There we
0: go. We got to take a look and see. Don, you're learning.
6: Okay, <laughs> she start. can be
0: taught. Okay, Psalm, <laughs> Psalm thirty-two. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Okay, so so we've just we've we've now showered this with a third verse, mm-hmm. Psalm thirty two verse eight. But let me read it in context. All right, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Well, how could they miss that opening passage? To th- I mean, that's great stuff. That's stuff. Okay, continue on verse three. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away Uh, through my groaning all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as the heat of summer. Oh, I see why they didn't do this, because that would be negative and would hurt your self-image. Okay. You ever get the feeling that uh, Saddleback has turned into uh, Robert Schuller light? Kind of that self-esteem kind of stuff? I don't understand. Okay, we continue. Verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Man, that's great gospel stuff. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they put that in here? Okay, moving along, verse six. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me and you preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Mm -hmm. Now here's the verse. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. And I will counsel you with my eye upon you. What? That's not what this said.
6: Oh, but I like that version
0: a lot. You like that version better? Okay, yeah. well, well, here's the, here's the Saddleback version of Psalm 32, verse 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best, uh, the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Well, when you take it out of context, it makes it sound like, you know, God's worried about you expressing yourself and creating your, your dream.
6: Saddleback just totally
0: take all revelations? yeah they, they, they just there's, there's, there's no there's no real Jettelbach. Bible here. this is just some kind of a popcorn verse that they threw in there to kind of baptize it. Okay, so here we go now when you're done, write a short prayer and then date your page with all the ribbons and the sand and the stickers okay and and, and by the way, you can actually then they say they we want to hear from you. Tell us about your dream. visit oceanstargifts.com and click on the encouragement link. Now, some, here's some questions to ponder as you work on your creative page. Um, rejoice. What do I have to be thankful for? Well, apparently the genie God who wants me to have whatever I want. Um, rebuild. How do I struggle with this? Well, I don't know what that means. Renew. Look at my life through, my, through the eyes of truth. What does the Bible say? Well, the Bible would say you're a sinner and that you are completely wicked and depraved and that you need to repent of your sins and trust christ alone for your salvation but that didn't get brought up did it Mm -hmm. okay repair what is god asking of me to work on what am i asking of god to do in me well have we learned anything about god to even you know answer such questions even remotely intelligently I uh, would say no. no. Okay. What have I learned from this? How will I adjust my life to God's truth? Well, this thing isn't, there isn't enough God's truth in this Bible study so far to fill a Nat's navel. I mean, good night. But
6: there is a positive. At least some of the older people in the. 8288 288 group don't know how to get on websites so they can't see this oh there okay is, so, there yeah. is a silver lining. oh believe me when
0: I tell you that this this, this is going to get out this is a very popular place for people where youth ministers get their material from because why do a Bible study when you can buy one why would oh, you want to yeah. actually do all the hard work of preparing a Bible study when for just a few easy payments can we do get yeah. radio what? Glaze a bowl day. Glaze a bowl day? Yeah.
6: You know when they have those little pottery things, you make your own bowl. Well, you, so it. you
0: would like to create a bowl that will help you create your life and you can express yeah, yourself? I'm
6: sure that I can make it and it can symbolize everything I want to put in my life, the empty bowl. Or
0: I don't know. So you're like an that. empty bowl and you can, you, you, so you want to create, you want to glaze a bowl that you can put all these stickers, quotes, and ribbons that, about building your own life.
6: And I can fill it with candy and that I represent that I'm filled with the Lord. Why okay. not? It's the same difference.
0: <laughs> oh, you, I, you know, I think that's more creative. Okay. <laughs> so here we go uh, what symbol or image will help you remember how to adjust your life to God's truth have we learned anything about no. God's truth so far mm-hmm. who shines this truth for me and how or, or who can I shine for and how alright so that's this is the, one of the latest Bible studies out of Saddleback Church and Simply Youth Ministry and my question for Kurt and the gang out there is How? by what criteria are you calling this a Bible study I haven't learned nothing about God's word. Nothing. So. Do they get these? We should send. Luther? You know what we should do? We should send Kurt a copy of Luther's small catechism. That might help him out a they, little bit.
6: This, has stuff in it. This, is a, this is a good book.
0: Yeah, I agree, Don. Don's holding up a copy of uh, Luther's small catechism and saying we need to send one to Kurt. I, I studied that. Yeah, that's good stuff. But, I mean, does this count as a catechism of sorts? No. It's no. a catechism of narcissism.
6: That's a way to you keep your kids you occupied know. and make them feel good about themselves.
0: Yeah. Th- th- ther- ther- what is it? How do they say it? Theistic uh, therapeutic deism? That's not Christian this isn't Christianity. It's- you go through this, you you have n- you've not learned nothing about oh, God and his word. Living? You've you've spent a lot of time talking about yourself, creating your life and expressing your dreams and, and with, with some pep with some out of context verses that make it sound like God is really his job is to make it so that your dreams come true. Okay. Uh, we are going uh, in in yeah well yeah you got to take into mind this was developed by people who are in South Orange County yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay anyway so <clears throat> anyway we're, we're gonna take our. We're going to take our second break here, and when we come back, we're going to listen to a little bit of Rob Bell, and then we got a Patricia King update. So uh, we'll, we'll do that. So stay tuned, stay with us. If you'd like to email me regarding anything that you've heard so far right now, um, including what you're, how you want to create your life, and re- reflect on your dreams, and and expressing yourself from the uh, Dare to Share, uh, D- Designed to Shine Bible Study. Yeah. and if, if you want to send us a, an empty glazed bowl with your dreams in it, please feel free to do so. Talk back at fightingforthefaith.com. That's talk back at fightingforthefaith.com. We will be right back.
2: This is the air I breathe. This is
3: Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio.
4: My local Christian bookstore just sells Jesus flock. Where can I find good material? We at NewReformationPress.com are committed to providing a hand-picked selection of books and teaching materials that educate, inform, and entertain while uniquely maintaining a relentless focus on the gospel. We believe that these forgotten doctrines and their scriptural emphases can not only enrich individual Christians and revive the church, but also address the deepest needs of our culture. Discover our growing library of resources by Dr. Rod Rosenblatt of the White Horse Inn radio program, including his powerful address, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church, available exclusively at newreformationpress.com, or the big picture audio presentation, Bible in an Hour by Pastor Wade Butler. Learn the center and scope of redemptive history and scripture in just one hour. And of course, be sure not to miss our selection of t-shirts, gifts, and artwork as well. NewReformationPress.com Finally, Reformation Theology made accessible.
0: All right. We're back. So, John, you don't think that qualifies as a Bible study? No.
1: As a matter of fact, you don't even need your Bible to
0: do this. No, you wouldn't need a Bible at all. No. I mean, you would just basically need a couple of fortune cookies. It would do the same thing, wouldn't it?
1: No, you don't even need fortune cookies. You don't even... It's all there. For it's all
0: you're there for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think we should send a uh, we should send Kurt a copy of uh, of Luther's Small Catechism and say you might want to actually brush up on the basics of the Christian faith and focus on trying to relay those faith that those these truths these doctrines to the youth under your care. You know, it kind of you know, makes me go, you know, maybe there's a problem with this whole youth ministry concept. Maybe we need to abandon it altogether. You know, the thing I love about our church, John is that, you know, when you when you attend service, we've got infants to to people who are well in their, you know, octogenarian years, all in the same service together. From birth to grave. For, yeah, from cradle to grave. From cradle to grave. I mean, And, uh, you know, during Sunday school, we break off according to age group, but, um, you know, I know for a fact that our youth are getting God's word and the gospel and being taught the faith, not how to create their own dreams, create your life, reflections, my dream, express yourself in the trash where it really actually belongs. Okay. So we got a, I got an email from somebody. Actually, this is from my good friend, uh, the Reverend Ken Silva. We had him on last week. And he, he sent me, he says, Chris, you've got to check out this thing that Rob Bell said in, in one of his latest sermons. And so uh, we're going to listen to just a brief segment from Rob Bell. Uh, for, and he's going to talk about the central teaching or doctrines there at, at Mars Hill Church. And the thing is, I heard from him maybe go, hmm? And uh, see if you can help me out in understanding what, uh, what it is that Rob Bell means here. So this is from Rob Bell's sermon from uh, November 15th on I Will Say It Again and Again and Again by Rob Bell. And this is at the tail end of it. And see, what does this mean?
1: For us here at Mars Hill, our central understanding is that God created the world, God loves the world, and when God created the world, God called it good.
0: All right, so far so good. God created the world, God loves the world, and God when God created the world, he called it good. But there's this problem. Okay, if you just, you got Genesis 3 you know the the whole snake forbidden fruit thing and the disobedience going on there right um god things went really wacko after that because of sin let's see what rob bell does here
1: and god's intention always was to reclaim and renew and restore this world because when god made it god said it's good
0: <clears throat> okay, got to do. Okay, folks, I got to get up with my Bible here. Um, God's intention was to restore this world because when He made it, He said it was good.
1: A new Garden of Eden.
0: Well, see, my, that's my question. What does He do with passages that contradict what He just said? Second um, Peter chapter three. Let me read this in context. Um 2 Peter chapter 3 starting at verse 1 it says this This is now the second letter I'm writing to you beloved in in both of them I'm stirring you up your sincere mind uh, uh by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and commandment of the Lord uh, of the Lord and Savior uh through your apostles knowing this first of all that scoffers will come in the last days but the same word the heaven uh, but by the same word the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire uh, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly okay just you know I wanted to bring that into it but see when you do a little bit of a of when you just do a computerized bible search for the terms new heavens okay you come to um by the way, I'm not done there. I should I should keep going. <laughs> yeah, let me continue in First Peter chapter three before I get to Revelation. So we can. So there it is in verse seven. Second Peter chapter three verse seven. It says that the uh, present earth is stored up for destruction by fire, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that. With the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But that the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. And since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought to you in to be in the lives of holiness and godliness waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the lord because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt away as they burned but according to his promise we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which the right in which righteousness dwells okay so john just quick question after reading this passage um do you think that the current heaven and earth are going to continue forever and ever. Amen. No. Something about them being burned up with fire and dissolved, right? Yeah. Okay, just just want to make that okay, and then uh, verse 13 but according to his promise, that's Jesus we're waiting for a new heavens and a new earth, right? Alright, which by the way, beautifully cross-referenced with uh, Revelation chapter 21. I don't know if you know that, but let's let's read that. Revelation chapter 21 Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no no more And I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband Okay so ver- uh, Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 basically says that the that John saw a new heaven and a new earth which perfectly fits with what Peter said there in 2nd Peter chapter 3 that no, okay. So how do we reconcile that with what, what Rob Bell said? Let me replay what Rob Bell said to see if if what he's saying is even remotely in the ballpark of what scripture teaches.
1: For, for us here at Mars Hill, our central understanding is that God created the world, God loves the world, and when God created the world, God called it good. And God's intention always was to reclaim and renew and restore this world because when god made it god said it's good
0: does that sound like it contradicts that i would say yes
1: okay maybe maybe we're just not understanding rob bell let's continue our understanding is that death entered the human story early on and that the stain of death essentially has gotten on everything it hasn't erased that elemental goodness
0: The stain of death hasn't erased the elemental goodness. Chapter and verse, please, uh, Pastor Bell. Can you support this from God's word?
1: But it has distorted and destroyed it in some key ways. Our understanding is that old order where death reigns, reigned until Christ who took that upon himself, and essentially, the old order died, and in the resurrection, a new order has exploded on the scene. A new way, which was God's intent all along.
0: You know, he's using Christian words or biblical terms, but it sounds like he's pouring different meanings into them, doesn't it? Yeah. So I, de- I detect a little bit of uh, buffoonery going on here. This, is, this, this isn't Christianity that, I, that I'm hearing. It's something different.
1: So for us, it's not about evacuation or escape. It's about the good work that Christ is doing through the resurrection to reclaim and restore and put all of this back together, including autism and all of the things that we say, ah, Christ says this too can be redeemed.
0: What is that? What, wh- what is this? This does, you know, what is he talking about? I mean I actually ended up listening to the whole sermon and just and still cannot make heads or tails of this. It doesn't sound right. It just sounds way off. Like way 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 off. <sighs> this new life has exploded onto the scene and that God's going to reclaim this this current world because it even though it's been stained by death its elemental goodness remains. Is that what Scripture teaches? No. You know, there's a passage. I wonder if I can find it. Groaning. Groan. Let me see if I can find it. I think it's a New Testament passage. Just do a little look up here. Uh, There it is. Romans 8. (laughs) Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Romans chapter 8, verse 22. And I'll have to read it in context. Romans chapter 8. And we'll read it in context so that we don't miss it. But it's 22 is the verse we're going to look at. Listen to this. Starting in verse 18, Paul writes, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of god for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now and not only the creation but we ourselves who are, have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for uh, adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies for in this hope we are saved now that's interesting you know so you know in comparing this by the way we're waiting for the redemption when do, you know we die right yes okay just checking you know uh, because here in Orange County, in 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 Southern California, you're not allowed to die because there's no graveyards that you can find anywhere. <laughs> you know, so I just want to make sure we're still we're still allowed. To, do we have to actually leave the borders of Orange County before we die?
1: I don't think so. You
0: don't? Okay, just checking. You know, because I'm not sure where they're going to end up sticking us because you're not allowed to die here because there's no cemeteries. Um. Anyway, so we die and then we're resurrected, new new body, right? And Peter makes it clear that the current world it gets burned up by fire, and there's almost like a resurrection of the heavens and the earth, a new heavens and a new earth. Completely righteous, right? Yes. Old order passes away, all that kind of stuff. So that's what the Bible teaches, but Rob Bell says that that the elemental goodness of this creation still lingers, even though it's stained by sin and God God's intention to... Dude, this sounds very different than biblical Christianity. I wonder what he would say to that. Just wondering. All right. <sighs> Enough of Rob Bell. I've got one more little thing for you today. Before I let you all go for Thanksgiving, and many people won't even listen to this until after Thanksgiving, anyway. So why am I even referencing it? Just because I'm a good guy. I'm here. Yeah, this is for you, John. Thank you. We've got, uh, <clears throat> you know, thank the Lord that we have that we have somebody like Patricia King. The- Patricia King, she's the one who ministers to uh, werewolves, vampires. Uh, she's got a uh, she's got a, 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 a cohort of hers who um apparently has a, a mortuary ministry going out to raise the dead but they haven't raised anybody yet um but you know god apparently speaks directly to patricia king i mean you know they hang out together they go to denny's you know i i think god orders that you know the, the that big breakfast slam when he goes out to breakfast with patricia king and uh, and so God specific, like, apparently just speaks right to her all the time, and, and she's got a friend on here. And so he, here's the Those of you out there who are very concerned about the current state of the economy and things like that, well, good news is God has told Patricia King about all of this stuff and what and what and that there's even hope and blessing, even in these hard economic times. Thank God that God is talking to Patricia King. I mean, where would we be without her? I mean, God's word isn't enough. The Bible, who would want to read that? You know, when we can have direct revelation from Patricia King. So here's Patricia King talking about hope and blessing, even in hard times. Recently posted, uh, just posted a couple days ago on the Extreme Prophetic, Pathetic website.
8: This morning as I was praying uh, for you, I felt that there was a number of you that were dealing with discouragement and just feeling like you're even thrown into a pit and can't get out of it.
0: I mean, you know, it's funny, just watching the news, I would have gotten the same feeling about a whole bunch of people. But she she had this overwhelming feeling. Because that's how you know that's true, because you have an overwhelming feeling inside of you. It's like a liver shiver, you know.
8: (sighs) Place of despair. And maybe others have put you there, too. And so you're there by no choice of your own, but because of the circumstances around you. And the Lord wants to bring encouragement to you today. And... Wow, can you
0: believe that? God wants to bring you encouragement today. I'm glad. Well, let's let's open our Bibles and see what God has to say. Oh, wait, that's not how she operates. Let's continue. Sorry.
8: You're going to get out of the pit, okay? Don't let that discourage you and think that you're going to be in there forever. You're going to get out of the pit.
0: You know, she, kind of, she, she seems a little flat in this presentation. I wonder if her donations have tapered off.
8: But even more than that, God wants you to find him in it he wants you to find that gold in the place where you're at and i wanted to share a testimony where does
0: it say that in scripture <clears throat> why is this considered a christian ministry if she's not really teaching us god's word i mean this is kind of the pentecostal version of the purpose-driven movement at this point it's the same thing you know you don't you, you don't need god's word you just need to focus on whatever you feel like focusing on
8: only with you years ago um, i was in a really discouraging place it was just one thing after another I was actually going through a lot of pruning in my life but the enemy was just throwing circumstances at me that every single day it was like one more thing heaped on and I I just fell into some discouragement and in that place I was crying out to God
0: what did these words mean I don't I she fell into discouragement and in that place and huh who talks like this?
8: And the Lord gave me a vision.
0: Oh, thank God. Direct revelation again. Here we go. You know, you can get direct revelation, too. You can experience God's presence through the Lectio Divina, too.
8: And there's a scripture in Isaiah that says, I will give you the treasures of darkness, the secret wealth of hidden places, that you may know that it is I, the Lord your God, that calls you by name.
0: What? What? Direct revelation. Direct revelation, and apparently there's a verse that says this. Well, I gotta back this up because I gotta get the address on this verse. I didn't hear it. Did you hear it?
1: No. You know, I've had friends who've seen visions too, but they've taken things.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Let me see if I can back this up and, and kind of put a little. What is she talking
8: about? Discouragement. Here? And in that place, I was crying out to God, and the Lord gave me a vision. And there's a scripture in Isaiah that says, "I will give you the."
0: Oh, it's somewhere in Isaiah. Oh, some, there's a scripture somewhere in Isaiah that says the
8: treasures of darkness. The... All
0: right. We're going to look this up. Uh, hang on a second here. <clears throat> Cause I want to know who God was talking to. I mean, treasures of darkness. I'm going to give you treasures of darkness, treasures. You know, we're going to do an old Testament search here. By the way, use at-cordance. Although you Although know, the Logia people haven't really responded to me yet. I, they, I don't think they believe that I'm really a powerful and influential radio person. I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'll <clears throat> text. Here we go. So treasures in, and she says it's an Isaiah, right? Okay. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, no, I don't. Ah, I found it. I will give you the treasures of darkness. Okay. It's Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45. Okay. Thus says the Lord, his anointed to Cyrus. Oh, Oh, so Isaiah is receiving a direct revelation from the Lord to Cyrus. Uh, Cyrus is one of them Babylonian kings, right? He says, "Whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before Him and to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before Him, that gates may not be closed. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the bronze, uh, the doors of bronze, and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places, that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name." Well, there we go. That being the case, I mean you think she quotes it out of context it wasn't that wasn't god speaking to me or to her it was god speaking to cyrus (sighs) all right so let's see how she uses this verse again here we go back it up
8: in that place i was crying out to god and the lord gave me a vision And there's a scripture in Isaiah that says, I will give you the treasures of darkness, the secret wealth of hidden places, that you may know that it is I, the Lord your God, that calls you by name. And he gave me this vision of this dark tunnel and i couldn't see my way and i was floundering and i it felt cold and damp
0: yeah he actually patricia let me help you out here that was a vision of what god's going to do to you as he hauls you off to hell after you die if you keep preaching this heresy
8: and i was trying to walk through it but i was blinded because it was so dark and there was a little bit of light right at the end of the tunnel but it seemed like such a long way and i was getting discouraged inside the tunnel and i was wondering if i'd ever see the light and the lord spoke she's exegeting her vision
0: She's ripped Isaiah 45 out of context, applied it somehow to herself, and now is exegeting a vision that apparently God gave her. Maybe, just maybe, she this was like chemically induced.
8: Was she looking into a hat?
0: I don't, with an ermine and thumbing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have no idea. We haven't, no mention of that yet.
8: He spoke to me and he said, he said, what I want you to do is glean from the walls of this dark place. Because there's treasure all around you. You can't see it with your natural vision. But I want you to reach out to the walls of this darkness and put the treasures in your basket. And so I just reached out on this and I, I started grabbing off the walls and putting stuff in my basket. I kept walking forward, walking forward, just kept gleaning and gleaning and gleaning. And when I came out of the tunnel. So she filled
0: up her basket. Did she have to go to the self-checkout at the end of that? What? You've got to be kidding me. So she's applying Isaiah 45, 3 to her vision about plundering darkness, which was the treasures of darkness, which was given to Cyrus, not to us, not to her. <sighs> it
8: was this basket full of gold and gemstones and all kinds of precious things. And the Lord said, you see, you had to walk through that course. Anyway, so you might as well have been happy in it and glean all that you can in it. Some of you are in a difficult place, and it looks like you might.
0: So she's offering this vision to other people, somehow comfort from the Lord.
8: Might be there for a while. The thing is, God can give you not only peace in that place, but he can show you how to glean from the walls of the darkness. So
0: wow, that's deep. That's profound. <laughs> Profoundly stupid. <clears throat> but
8: you collect treasure while you're in it. He is going to give you the treasures of darkness, the secret wealth of hidden places, so that you may know that it's he that calls you by your name.
0: That's funny, cause that passage isn't referring to me or you or her or anybody. It was refer it was God speaking to Cyrus. Not you. Cyrus, not you. Charlatans. These people shameless charlatans. I, I, you know, but she looks kind of flat in this presentation. I bet you anything, her donations are down. Yeah, you know? and she was so closely tied with Todd Bentley, who completely flamed out. Shock of shocks, you know. <laughs> you know his ministry turned out to be kind of bogus. Why? Because you know he was having an affair during the whole Florida outpouring, right?
8: <sighs> and you know what? When he's in a hard place with you, it's no longer hard. Just make him your daily desire. Make him your daily... Now, my good friend, Robert Stearns, has a message.
0: Oh, here comes Robert Stearns. He has a message for us. Let's see what he does with God's Word. For you.
8: In fact, it's called... Let me just look at my notes. It's called the Waterless Pit.
0: Oh, okay. So we got the Treasures of Darkness and the Waterless Pit. Oh, I can't wait to hear this revelation. John, you look like you're just dying with anticipation. Yeah. All right. We continue.
8: And I think it's going to line up a lot with what I just said. <laughs> but know that the Lord has really good things for you. He loves you. Why is she not
0: giving us God's word to show us that God loves us, rather than these visions that she apparently never mind?
8: And you know, chin up and join us for um, a conference. Some if you can't actually come to where we are. At least go online and see what we have on there because we do webcast some of our events. We just love to connect with you, and
0: we would just love for you to pay the money to actually watch our our conferences online, so that we don't have to go BK.
8: You know, I just feel for so many of you that are discouraged in this hour. Don't be discouraged, but keep sewing, sewing your prayers and sewing your finances and
0: Ah, sew your finances to them because she gave you she gave you the word of the Lord directly. From God, you know, without the means of a book. I mean, directly from God through a vision, man.
8: Sowing your friendships and sowing joy. If you're discouraged, show joy and encouragement into someone's else else's life because it'll come back on you too. So yeah, here- yeah,
0: yeah. That's right. The reason you give is so that you can get good reason to give. By the
8: way, is Robert enjoy him, and we'll see you next time.
7: Okay. You know, there's this verse in Zechariah chapter. Um, 9, verse 11 to 15,
0: somewhere in there. Okay. <clears throat> he's, he's supposedly bringing us a teaching from the Lord. Zechariah 9, right? Zechariah 9, verses 11 through 15-ish is what he said. He he looked very unsure of where this was because I guess the important thing is not the actual Bible. The important thing is when it gets to the teaching that he got directly from God to share with you. <clears throat> we continue. Hang on.
7: But it, it says that the Lord will come and deliver us from the waterless pit.
0: Would you watch how these people (laughs) use God's word? Um, Waterless pit. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. It's not where he said it was. Maybe I'm missing it. Didn't he say 9, like 11 to 15? Is that what he said? Does it even matter? (laughs) <laughs> I don't see anything about waterless pits in here, but you know, that's just a technicality.
7: God speaks to him directly. Who needs the Bible? And I was meditating on this. God, what is it? You know, this waterless pit. It says, because of the blood of my covenant, I will deliver your prisoners from the waterless pit.
0: All right, hang on. I think I, I think I know where it is. Okay. okay, found it. Found it. It's Zechariah 9 11. He says, as for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. What? All right. Let me read this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. He is humble and mounted on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Well, that's a hmm. I detect a little Palm Sunday passage going on here, don't you? I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. That's great. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare to you, I will restore you double for I have... Bent Judah as my bow, I have made Ephraim its arrow. I will stir up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and wielded you like a warrior's sword. This is a great prophetic gospel stuff going on here. Uh, he completely missed that whole thing about, you know, Jesus' triumphal entry on a donkey. Well, let's, let's see what he does with this waterless pit, because, you know, this, this is almost like Lectio Divina. Just These were the words that popped out to him, so now he's asked he has to ask God what they mean let's Let's see what God told him.
7: I said, God, what is a waterless pit? And I felt like the Lord said, "A waterless pit is a well that has run dry. it's a place that should be producing life, a thing that should be bringing forth water which is refreshing and hope and cleansing and and fuel for the crops. I mean so- it, did he miss the whole gospel
0: announcement in that Zechariah passage of what the great conquering king Jesus
7: is doing? Okay. So many things that water is so vital for. But if we come with expectation to the well and the well is run dry, what happens? Our expectations are dashed. And I feel like right now there are many uh,
0: important words to pay attention to. I feel like right now. I feel like the Lord said. I feel... Really? Is this guy a Jedi? <laughs> feel the force flowing within you, Luke. Stretch out with your feelings.
1: Scripture gets in the way, Chris. Yeah,
0: I, I, apparently it does. You know, Scripture just gets in the way of your feelings. So he's missed the Messiah in Zechariah 9, and, and apparently he's fallen into a waterless pit.
7: <laughs> Who have had unmet expectations. And they're really disappointed and disillusioned by unmet expectations.
0: So Zechariah 9-11 about the waterless pit is about those of us who have unmet expectations. (laughs) Oh, man. Does anyone know how to read their Bibles anymore? (laughs) Context. 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 All right. This guy's not meeting my expectations. I really feel like he's a waterless pit.
7: Unmet expectations in the church. Unmet expectations in relationships. Christian. Unmet
0: expectations in YouTube videos from people who claim to be
7: pastors. relationships that they thought would be meaningful, that they thought would endure, and that there's been betrayal and there's been difficulty. Unmet expectations about prophetic words that they thought that they'd received and that haven't worked out as they anticipated. What? If you have an
0: unmet expectation regarding prophetic words, then the person who claimed to be a prophet and prophetically spoke prophetic words over you and it didn't come true, that person would be a false prophet. Not you have unmet expectations.
7: Is this some kind of a confession on his part? And they're questioning those things that I really felt that the Lord said...
0: I really felt that the Lord said... So God speaking directly to him through his feelings... Nothing more than
7: feelings. I'm going to set you free from the disillusionment of unmet expectations, a well that has run dry. So that's what Zechariah chapter
0: nine eleven means. God's going to set you free from unmet expectations. John, you don't seem like you're being blessed by this.
7: <laughs> um, and then the next verse says that I'm going to restore to you double portion, you know, that which was taken. And I think we're coming into, if we will be real.
0: Oh, there we go. Law. If we will be real. So God's going to give us a double portion. <gasps> if we will be real. this Is that is that anywhere in the passage? Let's take a look here. Okay. As for you also, okay. Okay. Should prisoners of hope declare to you double. I don't see anything about being real in Zechariah 9. Do you? No. All right. Just checking. Okay. Let's continue
7: and not gloss over our pain and not gloss over our disappointment but bring it to the lord bring it to god and say god i'm i'm sad i'm 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 disappointed lord i i thought it was going to be this way i think if we bring him that reality of that well that's run dry inside of us i i so have faith right now that there's a double portion coming for us
0: wow he has faith that there'll be a double portion coming to us if we could just what is this, <laughs> folks? I'm I, this is a this extreme prophetic claims to be a Christian ministry bringing you God's word, and uh, just a simple amount of just generic thinking, biblical thinking, and asking some tough questions makes you scratch your head and go, "Huh, what are these people smoking? Oh, they may be toking the Holy Ghost because John Crater hangs out with this, these people too."
7: and that there is a whole new level that the body is about to walk into. And I would just say, in my life personally, um, it's been a hard year or so. I mean, there's been a lot of pressure and tension that many, many in the body of Christ have been going through.
0: Can't you hear the angst in his voice? I I, I almost feel like he's just on the verge of tears right here. That means he's sincere and God is really, truly speaking through him.
7: But I don't believe that it's going to wear us down. I genuinely believe we're being set up for advancement. So I would just offer to, you know, anyone connecting to this today, that word of encouragement, that if there's a waterless pit in your life, if there's a well that's run dry, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Um, But God, offer him that unmet expectation. And I believe there's a double portion restoration that he'll grant unto you.
0: Wow. This morning. So uh, there we go. Um, do you feel like you learned anything about God's Word there? No. I weren't about the same as what I learned from the purpose driven, designed to shine Bible study for girls. Um, God's Word is mysteriously missing or misused by people in all stripes of Christianity. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. All right. Well, you know, I'll put a link up to that at faith dot com if you guys would like to, you know, review that one just for pros- posterity's sake. It's 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 late. It's it's and it's thank God it's Wednesday. You know, so. <laughs> Anyway, so that like,
1: sounds like God's a slot machine. You put a quarter in and you get two back.
0: Right? Exactly. See, that's right. You sew in order to get back double portion because you know. But it, but if you're not getting back and you feel like there's a waterless pit, don't worry. He feels like God is telling him that you know things are just crazy. Anyway, if you would like to email me regarding anything you've heard, you can do so at talkback at now, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. We're going to put up a Sunday school lesson tomorrow so uh, for your review. And then we'll be live on Friday. So until Friday, which is when I'll be back live, God bless you and uh, take care. Have a happy Thanksgiving.